You're listening to the BCHL Podcast, the official podcast of the BCHL. Into the goal, he scores! He scores! And they just win by four! Driving to the net, he scores! From his backhand to his forehand, a shorthanded breakaway. Right in, scores! Shoots his block, third hand, Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Scores! Ozark wins it! Overtime winners! Now, here's your host, Jesse Adamson. Hey there, welcome to the BCHL Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Adamson. If I sound a little more fired up than normal, then that's because I am, because the BCHL is officially back. On Friday, it was announced that the league had their return to play plan approved by the Provincial Health Office and the government of British Columbia, which means starting in early April, the league will play a five-week season. Things will look a little bit different than what BCHL fans are used to. The approved return to play concept will feature a pod concept with five different locations throughout the province. We will get into that in a little bit more detail in the upcoming interviews, but the season will start in early April and a full schedule will be announced likely next week. Needless to say, there's a lot to talk about after the return to play plan was approved. Uh, We have three great guests for you today and we'll obviously touch on all of that stuff. First up is BCHL Commissioner Chris Hebb. Next up, we have Prince George Spruce Kings forward Christian Buono. And finally, we are joined by Long Island University forward and former Prince George Spruce King and Victoria Grizzly, Nolan Welsh. Right now, let's kick it over to Chris Hebb, who will touch on the league's return to play, the process that the league and the return to play task force went through to get this approved, and what BCHL fans can expect for the five-week shortened season. So, Chris, obviously the big news, uh, the BCHL has announced that their return to play plan has been approved by the Provincial Health Office. Um, I guess I'll start by asking you, what's the feeling around the league office and around the board table after last week's news? Well, it's probably relief more than anything. And and, uh, and we're thrilled for the players because they, uh, they've really worked hard to, to earn the right to get back out on the ice. They've kept their noses clean back in the exhibition season, September to November. And, and, uh, and then we had the shutdown, but uh, ever since then they've been waiting to get back on the ice. So we're thrilled for them. What were the last couple of weeks like for you uh, and everyone else who was kind of working on this behind the scenes? Um, how did uh, the league office and the PHO finally get to a point where both sides were satisfied? Well, a lot of lost sleep. I, I've been waking up at 4.30 in the morning, and the first thing on my mind is is getting these players back on the ice. And I don't know if it's because I'm so old or because I'm just so stressed, but uh, it, it's been crazy because um, we have to remember what we're doing is we're asking for the Provincial Health Office to literally say that we're exempt from a law. And so those types of things don't happen every day, and they they require a great deal of um, of work, and uh, going back and forth on questions that um, everybody would ask if they were in the health authority, and and then there's also the fact that we had uh, you know three different health regions that we had to get it passed through, so it wasn't as if you could just go to the provincial health office and get sign off. You also had to go into the regions and get their 
um, their local authorities to actually pass what we were trying to accomplish too. So uh, pretty complex, uh, took a lot of back and forth, uh, but there was goodwill there and trust that had built up over the over the exhibition season that was so successful for us. Uh, I know you've done a lot of media since Friday, since the announcement was made. Um, and your interactions and, and from what you've seen and read, what's the public reaction been like to the news? Well, I've done, oh, God, this must be 16, 17 interviews. And, uh, and, and I haven't had one question that was, you know, why do you think you deserve to be back on the ice? I think it had arrived at the place that everybody felt that, you know, with the vaccine coming in and the way we had performed in the exhibition season and how important it is for our players to get back on the ice, that um, that it was the right thing to do. And it was just a matter of making sure that it was safe. Um, so it, that that was really the, the the trick was to, you know, get everybody to to the point where they understood what we were asking for. And um and that after that, I think it's become, uh, yeah, good on you guys. You you deserve to be on the ice. So one of the things that the league did to kind of get over that hump and, and make sure that uh, the return to play proposal was approved was that the, the league hired a chief medical officer to o- oversee the pod season. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more, more about this, uh, who, who the person is and, and how that kind of came together? Well, we had said right back from uh, from the month of May when we started working on a COVID-19 safety plan that we were willing to hire a chief medical advisor that would uh, be able to speak doctor to doctor to the provincial health office and, and the regional authorities. So that's been in our plans uh, since day one. Um, and, and when the Penticton hub back in December was turned down, that was part of that application too. Once we got approval, uh, then they they literally said, "Okay, who's your guy?" And um, and I was lucky enough to be put in touch with Dr. Bob McCormack, who uh, was a chief medical officer for our Olympic team for a long t- time, Vancouver guy, and he's actually been working on return to play protocols for COVID nineteen for the CFL for curling. So we were lucky enough to get uh, put in touch with exactly the right guy. So beyond that, and I, I know we're going to have Brad Lazarowicz on a future episode to kind of go over some of the on-ice uh, COVID rules that will be unique to this uh, season. But what other things beyond the uh, the chief medical advisor uh, are going to be in place, maybe in preparation and with the pods? What kind of different situations are the teams and the players looking at to make sure this season is done safely? Well, we obviously have to get through the quarantine and we have a 14 day quarantine in our plan. We've got testing for each player and also the staff that surrounds each player. We've grouped anybody that is in the arena, um, you know, in, in special groups that says if you're not part of that 30 person cohort involved with the team, then you have to sit in a different part of the arena. So with media and security and our doctors and and all those types of people, they go into different groups, as do our broadcasters, the scouts. So it's uh, it's pretty in-depth how we're going to make sure that the cohort that is on the ice is is protected and bubbled. So now that, uh, I don't want to say, but now the hard part's over with, uh, getting this approved. Obviously, the work doesn't stop here. What's next for, for you and the league office um, in terms of making sure this uh, this comes together in time? 
Well, myself and our executive director, Steve Cocker, who has done an amazing amount of work on getting us to this point, and now he's got to kind of pick up the role of making sure that we deliver on everything we said that we were going to. So he's working with the testing company. He is working with Dr. McCormack. He's working with each of the pod host communities to make sure that we have accommodation for the relocating teams. We have ice times for everybody. And then on top of that, he's got to put a, a schedule. So uh, there, there's a lot of work for, for Steve to do, and I'm just kind of playing uh, backstop to anything that uh, that he, he needs me to handle uh, and doing all the, the media stuff that, uh, that, that kind of puts us in a position where we're communicating properly. So I know we don't have a schedule yet, uh, but um, other than that, what can you tell me about what the season's going to look like? What's the format? Um, where are the pods going to be? Is there a playoff at the end? What are we looking at here uh, in this shortened season? So we've settled on uh, five pods throughout the province with uh, Vernon, uh, Penticton, uh, Coquitlam, uh, um, and Alberni, uh, as, as well as Chilliwack. So we're going to have either three or four teams in each of those pods. And we have uh, 16 teams that are going to take place. Langley opted out. So uh, we'll start after, uh, after the team with the testing and then the athletes will move to their pods and begin uh, practices. And, uh, and we're hoping that we can start the season in the first week of April. You mentioned uh, the Langley Rivermen there. They announced over the weekend that they're opting out of the season. And obviously the Wenatchee Wild have opted out uh, back in November due to border closures. Uh, but I, I know uh, members of the Rivermen uh, were on the, the return to play task force. And uh, Wenatchee's governors are still very involved in league decisions and league meetings. What can you say about those two teams and uh, the contributions they've made over the past year or so? Well, first of all, Taylor Henderson was a member of our return to play task force, and he's the, the guy who runs the, the franchise in Langley, and he's just been so involved. And, and I, I, I thanked him in front of the entire task force for all the work he's done. And 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 obviously, Wenatchee, from, uh, from day one, we knew we were going to have a challenge getting them into uh, league play just because the border is closed. And and you know what? They, they there was uh, no complaining. They just said, "Look, that's the situation. Nobody plans for a global pandemic, and and we'll live with whatever the league decision is." And uh, and we're looking forward to having both of those teams back next year. All right, a couple more big big picture questions before I let you go here. So first things first, um, what does it say about this league, the BCHL, that the uh, the league was able to successfully negotiate this obviously very complicated deal? Uh, with with 16 teams, how what does it say about the league that uh, they were able to to negotiate that with the PHO and the provincial government and and pull this off? Well, I think our league has has matured in the last few years into an entity that is trusted and and we are organized in a way that uh, we are able to actually respond to the the types of questions that were we were being asked. We were able to get a cohesive board decision that um, that also was driven by committees that return to play task force and our executive committee did a lot of work to get us where we are. I think we've just matured as an organization and we've built trust. And for 
you know, the provincial health office and, and the provincial government to treat the BC Hockey League with the, the kind of respect that, that it deserves is really, uh, it's really gratifying. And we also had the support of BC Hockey, which is our regulatory body right up to Hockey Canada. And they, they saw that we were buttoned down. Uh, we were answering questions. We weren't complaining to the media. We weren't creating any drama. We were just trying to be professional. Last question. Uh, you mentioned the the positive public reaction that we've seen, and I, I know I see it online as the person person in charge of communications. I see all the the positive comments and, and feedback we get. So, uh, to the fans who who are obviously very excited, what would you like to say to them ahead of this shortened season? Well, they certainly had to deal enough with negative comments and and rumors and untruths, and and uh, you know I I really feel for everybody who kind of had to use social media as as the way they were getting informed because in many of these instances we were just not able to tell people what we were up to and in in many instances we also didn't know what we were up to so it's really turned into a situation where our players are uh, are are now informed our coaches are now informed and our fans are now informed so it feels to me like uh, you know the all the the veiling of of what was taking place in the in the background can now be brought forward and and everybody understands why we couldn't speak freely because it was um, we were down to the wire and um, and and you know when when stuff leaks out it's not in any way going to uh, show you to be a professional organization so. Uh, we're, we're glad that the, the fans know now that uh, that all of this work that happened in the in the in the back rooms and through the back channels has resulted in them being able to see their teams play. All right, Chris. Well, congratulations on uh, getting this deal done, and thank you very much for the time. Okay, thanks, Jesse. Thanks a lot to Chris Hebb for joining us. Appreciate the time. Next up, we wanted to get a player perspective on the return to play and what the sense is uh, with the teams and the players around the league. So we talked with Christian Buono, who is a forward in his first year with the Prince George Spruce Kings. Buono is a 20-year-old in his last year of junior eligibility. So this is extra special for him uh, to get to come back and, and play a few games here at the end of the season. Uh, as he mentions in his interview, he's still looking to secure a scholarship. So these last five weeks will be big for him and other players in a similar position. Buono and his teammates are a few days into quarantine, but he was able to join me before a team Zoom workout. So let's hear what he had to say. So Christian, obviously the big news last week, the BCHL return to play has been approved. Uh, a shortened season starting in April. Uh, I'm sure you're, you and your teammates were following that closely. What was the reaction uh, from what you saw? Oh, all the boys are pumped about it. It's, it's very, very exciting news. I mean, um, especially for guys like me that are 20 in the league. Um, you know, just last kick at the can, kind of having having games here. It's uh, really important to us, I'm pretty sure. And, um, you know, it was very exciting news. And, yeah. Yeah, I want, I want to follow up on that a little bit. Um, you mentioned uh, you're a 20-year-old. It's your, your last year of eligibility for junior hockey. So, um, what does that mean to you to get, I know it's just uh, an, a, a shortened season, but what does it mean to you to get that extra five weeks here at the end? Oh, it means a lot. I mean, um, 
me and uh, and my team have been putting in a lot of work. Uh, you know, like the last few months leading up to this, not knowing if we're gonna play or not. So you know, um, for me, it's really big. Um, I'm not. I don't have a scholarship yet. I'm still still my goal to get one. And um, having these these 20 games that we're gonna play here, it's really big for me. So I can showcase, you know, my my talents. Um, so obviously part of the, uh, the return to play protocols is a quarantine period. Um, have the Spruce Kings, Spruce Kings players started quarantine yet? Yeah, we did. We, um, we started on Sunday, um, uh, for the two weeks here, just, uh, we're doing team workouts on zoom and everything to kind of let time pass here. Cause it's going to be a long two weeks, just sitting in your house and, you know, I have a roommate too, so. Um, time goes by a bit faster and you know it's it's gonna it's gonna be good uh yeah you mentioned team workouts and stuff like that does the team have anything else planned to kind of help you guys get through it and any kind of team bonding things um yeah we have like zoom calls and stuff for workouts and then uh, our coaches mentioned that we're gonna have um our uh like coach like coach and team um zoom calls as well just uh going over protocols and stuff about our return to play and what's going to happen, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it's the plan and it should be good. You mentioned you have a roommate, um, beyond kind of the team stuff. What do you guys have planned to, to pass the time? Is it going to be mostly video games and movies? What's, what's on the, the, the menu for you guys? Oh yeah. Like, uh, we we're actually both in about 20. So we're, we're taking courses online. Um, so that that passes time, and uh, yeah, video games. Obviously, we're pretty big video game guys, uh, and we we like to watch hockey, NHL. We both have uh, two fantasy teams that we like to keep track on. So, you know, we're we're always watching. What's your video game of choice in the house? Um, I'm a big FIFA guy. Actually, uh, it's always fun. I play with some of my buddies back home, and uh, I'd say Call of Duty as well. It's Pretty pretty good game. Nice uh, Xbox or PlayStation? Um, I'm gonna have to go with PlayStation okay. on this one. Okay, okay, fair yeah. enough, fair enough. Um, so this is your first year with the Spruce Kings. Um, obviously, you, you played for a couple other teams, but um, what's how have you adjusted to your new team? I know it's been such a weird year, and we were playing games back in the fall, but mostly just practicing now. What's it been like adjusting to the to the new situation in Prince George? Um, it's been awesome. Um, ever since I got here, you know, they, they've been nothing but first class to me and everyone are in the locker room. Um, you know, uh, everything about to practice, uh, to having zoom calls every week. It's really first class over here and I couldn't have asked for a better organization to end my career on and my junior career on. What have the last four months been like for you and your teammates? Um, I, I mentioned how, you guys were or the whole league pretty much was playing games in September, October, November, but then the um, the stricter guidelines came in and we weren't allowed to play games and it's just been practicing. So what has that been like for you and your teammates? Um, honestly, it was pretty tough. Um, you know, not knowing if we were going to play or not, you saw like guys that were on teams, you know, leaving and going other leagues to, you know, try to get scholarships or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it's been, it was tough for sure. Um, uh, and, um, but like all our teammates, 
they stick to it. They, they, um, they, uh, we went to practice every day, you know, working hard for the chance of playing. And, you know, I'm really happy everyone did that. And it just shows that when we start in Chilliwack with the pod, that we are going to be uh, pretty much ready to play, play our 20 games. And I feel like we're going to do really well. I just want to go back a little bit and talk about your BCHL career. So this is your your third full season in the league, but um, you started your first full season was with the Powell River Kings. Um, your brother, Carmine, was also a player for the Kings. He played uh, parts of three seasons with them. Uh, you AP'd with them during the 2017-18 season, which was your brother's last year with the team. Did you guys cross paths there? Were you able to play a few games with him? Yeah, we did. I, I think I played played four four games that year when I was APing and you know it's a pretty cool experience playing with your brother something I always wanted to do and to get that chance even though it was just having four games playing with him it was pretty surreal and you know I couldn't have asked for a better opportunity and you I think you guys are four years apart right I'm was that the the first and only time you got to play together yeah we are four years so yeah it was the was the only time um since he came back from college and was trying to get another scholarship. So it was pretty lucky. And yeah, it was the only time. So you spent uh, that, those eight, those AP games with Powell river and then another year and a half there. What was your time like playing with the Kings? Oh, it was awesome. Um, you know, it's a small town over there. Um, every, every game at home was, was pretty unreal with all those fans. Um, pretty diehard diehard fan base over there and you know I couldn't have asked for a better start to my uh, junior career there and uh yeah it was pretty awesome playing there and then last season you you started with Powell River and then you were acquired by Merritt midway through the season uh once you got there you you, you kind of took off offensively you had 25 points in 37 games 10 of those points were goals um why do you think you were able to be so productive once you got to Merritt last year um, I think a bit of it was, uh, we were struggling a bit in Merritt. I kind of wanted to just go over there and, you know, show what I can do. And, um, the coaches were good with letting us do what we wanted in a sense. Um, so, you know, I just went out there and tried to show my offensive ability and, you know, it really paid off and I'm happy I got the opportunity there as well. So at this point, there's, there's not a plan for a playoffs for uh, the current shortened BCHL season. Um, we're leaving it open that if, if that does happen, then, then we'd obviously be on board, but at this point there's nothing planned. So, uh, for you and your teammates, what's the mindset and, and maybe the team goals heading into the shortened season with the, the fact that maybe there, there won't be a payoff, uh, post at the end. Um, I think it's definitely go and win as many games as you want, as we want, but, um, you know, it's also to show what we've been working on the whole year leading up to this point. Um, uh, so I think we have a really good group of guys here that can do really good with these 20 games. So, you know, just take it day by day and see what we can do. And uh, you mentioned earlier how um, you, you don't have a scholarship secured yet. And that was honestly one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you. You're a 20-year-old who's a, a productive player in the league but hasn't quite um, – secured that yet and obviously that's a big goal of yours like you mentioned before so I know you don't want to put too much pressure on yourself but what do you want to see from your game um, and what do you want to show the scouts that are watching during these last five weeks to, to try and get that uh, secured um, 
improvement probably a big one i want to you know go out there and show that you know my last two years how how much i've improved on my game and um uh you know with that being said uh also want to show them different aspects of my game like i've been pretty offensive decent off decently offensive in my two years so you know if it's going out there blocking more shots you know um for checking harder or hitting more you know that's what i got to do to try and get uh, that scholarship that i've had in the back of my mind for two years now and you know yeah it's just uh take it and uh, also um play play for my team maybe not do like more individual things out there to shine but to um you know put my team first and um my individual success will come after that at the top of that answer there, you mentioned showing them things that you've maybe improved on over the years or improved on compared to last year. Are there any specifics that you have in mind? Like, what do you think you've improved on that you would like to show off at this point? Um, I think I got a bit faster over the years and uh, my mentality to shoot more has been a bit better. You know, I, I tend to pass first kind of and, uh, just to show them my shot and that improvement, um, you know, be, being a leader out there, that's big for me, you know, talking to my teammates, especially being a 20 year old, you know, um, uh, showing the younger kids what I've learned and to make them improve as well. Um, and yeah, stuff like that. Last question for you. Um, so BCHL fans have obviously been pretty patient, uh, with, with the league the last few months with no games or anything going on. I know Prince George Spruce Kings have a lot of uh, very interested fans. Um, and I know, unfortunately they won't be able to watch the games live. They can watch them online. But if you, uh, if you were to, to say something and had a message for those fans that support the team and have been so patient, what would you like to say to them now that we're getting back on the ice? Um, I'd like to say thank you for sticking to it, you know, especially billets. Um, the family's taking care of us these last uh, months leading up to this. Um, it's been awesome. They've they've been really supportive with us, whether that's on social media or whatnot. I just wanted to say thank you very much. Uh, it doesn't go unnoticed for our team. We all appreciate it, and uh, go Spruce Kings. <laughs> all right, Christian. Well, I know you have a workout to get to, so I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, congratulations to you and, and your teammates for, for getting back on the ice and best of luck for these uh, last five weeks of the BCHL season. Thank you very much for the call. Thanks again to Christian for the time. Last but not least, we wanted to still put some focus on college hockey and the BCHL alumni that are excelling at that level. This has been a big week for college hockey as many conference tournaments are either close to wrapping up or, or have wrapped up in the last few days. Uh, but we wanted to go in a bit of a di- different direction. Um, as many people know, this year was the first season of Division I play for Long Island University. One of the key contributors on that team, actually their leading scorer, was Nolan Welsh, who is the former Prince George Spruce King and Victoria Grizzly. We caught up with Nolan a couple weeks ago to talk about that inaugural first season and what, what it was like getting in on the ground floor of a new Division I program. Just a quick note before we start the interview, this was done, like I said, two weeks ago in a batch of interviews where we had a little bit of uh, an issue with the audio, so um, this might not sound quite as crisp and clear as the other two, but 
Um, just know that it's something that we fixed going forward uh, and it's a great interview. So please stick with it. All right, Nolan, you just wrapped up your freshman year at Long Island University. And for people that don't know, uh, Long Island is is brand new to Division One NCAA hockey. Um, so first things first, what was it like being the first uh, Long Island team in Div 1 history? Um, it, it was an awesome experience. I mean, yeah, being the first team is obviously something big. I didn't really know what to expect. Like, there was nothing there for me to really get a good idea of what it was going to be like but I mean it ended up being a very good positive experience so I'm happy about that. Um, everybody faced challenges this year obviously with COVID-19 and how weird and unique the season was but for a program that was just starting starting from fresh or starting fresh in your opinion were there any challenges that were kind of specific to a, a first-time program? Um, yeah I mean I don't know where to start I was a lot of challenges, especially like only announcing it. Kind of, I guess, I guess midsummer, not really having a, a coach to be able to recruit until. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think in May is when we started. So I mean, it's obviously not a lot of time to get a whole Division One program going. But our coaches and the, the school did an amazing job with, like, recruiting all the players and and uh, getting us a place to play, getting all our, our stuff in. And I mean, for what they what they had to work with. I mean, they did a great job and yeah, obviously COVID didn't help with a lot of things, but uh, we were able to work around almost everything and make it work for us. Any advantages that you found throughout the year as, as being a first time program? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's cool. Like obviously there's nothing really like there's no culture or anything. So I mean, being able to be the first team, you can kind of, create what you want out of that right so it's like there's no like bad i mean bad anything that's already there that you have to work with i mean we're all just positive about it from the start and then just build that up as the years go on um so uh the start of the year um your your first regular season game actually um you guys were playing holy cross and ended up winning your first game ever in div one a three two overtime win uh you assisted on all three goals which is pretty impressive what do you remember about that night um yeah that was pretty crazy night i mean for me for our program for anything like we i mean no one really knew what to expect we got like 15 freshmen not a lot of experience obviously in division one so it was cool we with all the work we put in before to see it pay off in our first game was huge so this year obviously um again i feel like we've said it a million times but it was a unique year and there were no fans in the building um but i'm just wondering um outside of, of fans being in the building what was the reaction like around town and i know that's probably hard to gauge that as well with covid restrictions but maybe uh, online uh, on twitter on instagram what what were you seeing as far as fan reaction to the team joining D- division one i mean yeah after that game it was huge the support we got from uh like twitter and all of social media so that was really cool and i mean yeah obviously no fans so it's hard to really tell from like the locals but i mean we got uh a long island kid on on our team and our coaches are from here uh at least a couple of them so i mean we get told a lot that the community is really behind us there's lots of people that can't wait to come see us play so that's something to look forward to 
Yeah, I bet. You're probably looking forward to opening night next year and, and hopefully a full building. That'd be pretty pretty fun to be a part of, I would imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so for you, from a personal stance, you led the team in scoring. You had seven points in 12 games. Um, you can you can put on your resume that you were the, the first leading scorer in, in Division One history at Long Island. Uh, but how do you feel, in your words, how do you feel your freshman season went? Um. Obviously, there was a lot of positives with like what you just said there. That was something cool for me. I mean, like, yeah, obviously, it went kind of as well as it uh, really could have. Like, our team weren't able to play as many games as we'd like to. We had a lot of canceled last minute and everything. But with what we were, like, with what we were working with and all the circumstances, and for me personally, I think it went really well. Yeah, and we mentioned the three assist game to start. So obviously you were you were ready to go and prepared for that next level. But uh, why do you think you were able to come in and produce right away? Um, well, I, I'd have to say a lot of like the success I have is uh, attributed probably to my coaches that I had in Prince George. Like they were awesome. The three years I played there, like the many many games and practices, they did a really good job at kind of preparing me for the next level. Like the way that team plays and the way like we're coached is also playing like the right way. And I think just being there for so long, I was able to uh, jump right into this level and have some success. You mentioned earlier um, the fact that the the program going Div 1 didn't get announced until pretty late in the recruiting game. Most teams had recruited probably 90, 95% of the roster by then. Um, so a lot of the players that got recruited to Long Island weren't necessarily getting Division One offers at the time. Um, do you kind of see that as, as guys coming in with a chip on their shoulders and um, maybe they were passed over by other teams? And, you know, I, I always go back to the Vegas Golden Knights when they came into the, the NHL. A lot of guys had a chip on their shoulders that year and kind of um, used it to their advantage. Is that something that you think you guys had as well? Yeah, yeah, we definitely had that feeling. I mean, for a lot of guys, it's uh, it's like a second chance, a chance to prove people wrong that, I mean, like, us players, like, we do belong at this level, so it's it's definitely, like, a big part of our, uh, our story and our identity, and it's good that people were able to do that. Like, a lot of freshmen were able to come in and have success, and maybe they weren't, like, uh, expected to, really, from other teams throughout their junior career or anything, but... It's good. We kind of all use that to motivate us. And I mean, I guess it worked for a lot of us. Yeah. And you have a, a former teammate there at Long Island, former uh, Prince George teammate, Preston Brodziak. I've been told that you also room with him. So um, I, I imagine that helped kind of with the transition to college hockey to have him around. What What is your relationship like with him? Yeah, we're, we're super close. Uh, obviously from up in Prince George first, we, uh, he came there for my 20 year old year. And we uh, we played together a lot there, and we were able to have a good friendship. And then it was really cool when we both uh, got the opportunity to come here and kind of do it all together again. So you played four seasons in the BCHL before uh, heading off to college this year. Um, three of them were with Prince George, but that first season, 2016-17, was with the Victoria Grizzlies. Just wondering uh, what that first season was like for you and, and uh, what was it like making the transition from, uh, I know you are playing at Burnaby Winter Club before, so from uh, BWC to the BCHL. Yeah, that was uh, an interesting season, I'd say. It was kind of cool, like I'd going into the camp there, I'd 
I didn't know if I was going to be on the team. Like I hadn't been signed before the camp. It was kind of like you can show up and if you like, there's a spot for you if you can make it. And I mean, I ended up doing really well at the camp signing and I actually got to play with my brother that year too. So that was a cool experience. I mean, obviously just getting my feet wet in the BCHL was a big experience for me, a big, uh, like learning, getting better. And then next year when I was able to go to PG was, I mean, kind of like the turning point. I'm glad, uh, glad I was able to make the move up there. Yeah, I was going to ask you that next. Um, you mentioned you, you headed off to PG after that first season. What was your reaction when you first got the news that you'd be joining the Spruce Kings? Um, it was a little bit of mixed emotions. I was kind of, you know, obviously it's a, a big shock when you're traded. I was a little disappointed. But, I mean, I also had known a, uh, a bunch of guys that were already up there, like guys I'd played with through uh, Midget Hockey and Vernon Winter Club and in Vancouver. So, I mean, I knew it was a great program up there great head coach with uh, Adam Aguilar when I was up there so I was honestly really excited to be traded there and get that opportunity and uh, a couple years later you're part of that 2019 Fred Page Cup championship Spruce Kings team Uh, team went 16 and 1 in the playoffs uh, rolled through the Doyle Cup um, and, and went to the National Junior A uh, Finals. Um, there's a guy, I've joked with the the Prince George guys a few times that uh, with COVID canceling the playoffs last year and with everything delayed this year, you guys are a three-year reigning champion still with, with no title being handed out. But what do you remember about that season and specifically that run in the playoffs? Uh, yeah, I mean, that playoffs was obviously kind of a, unforgettable time that was really kind of the highlight of my uh hockey so far just the the team we had we were all so close we were all just so motivated for that and it was awesome to have that success with everyone and i'll probably uh, never forget those guys and those memories and you you had a bit of a, a breakout year offensively that year in the regular season, but you, you took it to an even higher level in the playoffs. You were almost a point a game. You had 16 points in 17 playoff games. Uh, how were you able to take your game to the, the next level come the postseason? Um, yeah, it, it was kind of weird for me coming in. I had, I had uh, just coming off a concussion. I missed like, I don't know how many, maybe 15 games. And I was able to come back just for the weekend right before playoffs. So I was still kind of fresh off an injury and uh, it was just jumping back in, not really thinking about it too much. And then having the success I had, and I think the second round was kind of a turning point for me. Then I just uh, kept going. I mean, I liked the, the obviously like the seven game series and that, that's kind of where uh, I found success with that. Just like being motivated, playing the same guys every time, like, you know, everything about the other team and, there's always that rivalry and that kind of got me going and got me playing really well. And I was able to have that success. And then your last year in PG, um, in the 2019, 20 season, last season, you were named team captain, um, and coming off that championship season, what did it mean to you to be, uh, put in that leadership role and, and know that your coaches and your teammates thought so highly of you? Yeah, that was a pretty special thing being, uh, selected by my teammates and coaches. And uh, it, was, it was kind of a, a tough uh, year, like losing so many guys from our uh, championship team. So it was like lots of people were coming in, not really knowing too much about like Junior A or uh, the Spruce Kings. So it was like, it was a big challenge kind of get everyone back on the same page and uh, back to like 
a winning wave. We obviously didn't have as much success as we want, but there was a lot of that came with that season, and um, I'm still really happy for that opportunity. Just finish up with a couple questions back to, to Long Island. So um, now that you're done your first season, um, you kind of can take a step back and, and take a look at it in a bigger picture. So um, looking ahead, how is ex- how exciting is it for you to know that uh, you're a key part of building something and, and hopefully for you guys, something special, uh, building it from scratch at Long Island? Like, wh- What does that mean to you to be able to be a part of that? Yeah, it's, it's an awesome uh, feeling. Like we... I mean, we had some success winning, winning a few games, probably more than lots of people expected. But, I mean, for us, we want to do better than we did last year, obviously. And, I mean, we got a lot of freshmen that are returning. So, like, everyone's going to be a year better in, in that part. And, I mean, I think we should be getting some good transfers. And, I mean, like, that experience is obviously going to help a lot. We're really looking forward to next season and just keep building on what we have here, like our foundation. I mean, I'm really excited for what uh, I think the team can do in the future. Yeah, you, and we'll just finish off there. You have three more years of college eligibility left. So um, say we're three years down the line. Do you have any goals or anything in mind where you hope you you and your teammates can get the program to in that uh, span by the time you're uh, you're on your senior season? Yeah, I mean, that's obviously a long ways down the road, but it's, it's good to think about that. I think really like the sky's the limit for this program. There's good things that I mean are already here and like three years from now it just seems like it can uh, keep getting better and better so I'm really excited to see what's going to happen in that three years all right Nolan well thank you so much for the time uh, enjoy the off season and we'll look forward to seeing you back on the ice next year yeah thank you very much that'll do it for another episode of the BCHL podcast Thanks again to all my guests, Chris Hebb, Christian Buono, Nolan Welsh. We appreciate the time and your insight. Um, it's, a, it's a great time for the BCHL right now. We're very happy to be back. Uh, so please keep your eye on our social media channels. Um, a quick update there. We've actually changed our handles on all social media to at BC Hockey League. So if you were already following us, then there'll be no change. But if you're looking for the BCHL, that's where we are on all social media platforms. You can also visit our website at bchl.ca for up-to-date content. Like I mentioned earlier, we are expecting to release a schedule sometime next week, uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that. In the meantime, we will do our best to keep everyone up-to-date with everything that's going on and the plans for the shortened 2020-21 season. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, we're all really looking forward to our players getting back on the ice in just a few weeks. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.